0: The woodside church podcast
1: well good morning to you it is great to have this opportunity to greet you and also to speak this easter sunday morning uh, so my name is martin Tibbett. i really bring uh, easter greetings to you today is today is a special day for us for those who believe in jesus this is the day that we mark especially that Jesus is alive, that the, the Lord and Savior of our lives is the risen King Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, of course, we celebrate this every Sunday morning. Actually, we in fact, it, it marks our lives uh, and it is the central point of our faith. In fact, this series that we've been looking at has been called The Difference It Makes, and that's talking about the difference that the Easter message makes in our lives and of course the resurrection of Jesus is central to our faith and central to the transformation that God has brought in our lives. So it is my privilege, my honour really, to bring God's word to us as we look uh, into Easter Sunday together. And we share what is the most important moment in the whole of mankind. I mean, just imagine the most important moment in the whole of history. And because we place our trust in the risen Jesus, we know the new life that is promised. We know that our enemies are defeated; uh, that no longer sin and Satan and death has a hold over us. We are, as it were, with the life that 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 Jesus uh, has. And, and has uh, because of the resurrection is the life that we also have uh, and uh, this is a wonderful wonderful life-changing truth that is the center point of our faith and we want to get into this today now uh, this series uh, that we've been looking at we've been following the account of one of the earlier dis- early disciples called John it's the gospel of John and really he is Our main character, one of the main characters in the section that we're going to be looking at. It's quite interesting. John describes himself in his own book as the one whom Jesus loved, which is a beautiful way of of expressing uh, John's love of Jesus, but also the love of Jesus for John. And so we're going to jump in and uh, understand what was going on in John's life and more importantly understand what John's message is to all of us today because that's why he wrote this account. He's involved in the story but there's a message that he wants all people to understand. In fact he even referred to the purpose of writing this book at the end of the chapter that we're going to be looking at today, John chapter 20. He wrote these words in John chapter 20. He said this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's why John wrote this book, that many hundreds, thousands, millions and millions of people would come to faith and would believe in Jesus Christ. And that their lives would be then dedicated to him, and that that transforming power that is found in Jesus would shape their lives and shape all that they do. And so this is this is where we are today. We're going to look at the account of the resurrection, and we're going to look at the moment where where on the Sunday morning, uh, Mary. We know know her as Mary of Magdalene or Mary from Magdalene, and she's the first one to approach the tomb and when she gets there she discovers that the stone has been rolled away blocking the entrance of the tomb and from that moment we see the story unfold. Now I've asked Annette if she would read this account for us. Uh, let's really jump into this story and uh, look out for the different characters, we've got Mary. We've got John, who's described as the one whom Jesus loved. We've also got Peter. And later on, you'll see the other disciples come into the frame. But this is an amazing account of exactly what happened on that morning. Annette, please read for us.
0: John 20, verse one to 23, the resurrection. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and she found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? the angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognise him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him. I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, "Raboni." Which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Jesus appears to his disciples. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. "'Peace be with you,' he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, "'Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you.' Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.
1: Remarkable story. Mary discovers the tomb empty. She runs to find Peter and John and they run from where they are to the tomb. I don't know if you noticed, but John mentions that he actually outran Peter, which always makes me smile. John peeps in, looks in from the outside, but then Peter comes from behind and classic Peter, he just goes for it and he goes straight into the tomb. And then John follows in. And we're told that when John went inside, he saw and he believed. You see, what we see in this moment is is John uh, experiencing a journey of faith. He and the other disciples were not expecting this. They didn't understand the prophecies of of resurrection. They had no idea that this is what was going to happen. But we see this moment where there's a seeing, there's a, a considering, there's a perceiving, but it leads to a believing After that, we see that Mary encounters someone who she thinks is the gardener, doesn't recognise Jesus, sees this figure, isn't sure who that is, thinks maybe it's the gardener, but then discovers that that is the risen Jesus. And she believes. We know that John and Peter have gone off to see the other disciples. And then towards the end, we see this amazing moment when Jesus goes and appears to all the disciples apart from one. And as he does so they realise that their Lord and their Saviour is the risen Lord and Saviour. And uh, he says, peace be with you. And uh, he then says to them amazingly, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You see, this message that John has for us through the whole of his gospel is really anchored in these moments. He saw and he believed. And he wants all those that read this account to see and to believe. But not only that, he also wants those who believe to be those that are sent. So here we have John as the eyewitness of this account and of this moment of the resurrected Jesus. Jesus says to all the other disciples, now I'm sending you as I've been sent from the Father. And what John is encouraging us in this is also to be those that are sent to bear witness, to give testimony that the risen Lord Jesus is alive today, that his grace is available not only 2000 years ago, but his grace is available to everyone who believes today. Remarkable, outworking, when John is the witness, the disciples become the witnesses, and then we become witnesses to the all-sovereign, the all-powerful, the risen Lord Jesus. Now of course, there's been many a people who have tried to disprove the resurrection of Jesus over the years. There was a man called Lou Wallace. This is back in the 19th century. Lou Wallace, after the American Civil War, Seth, he set out to study the life of Jesus himself. He intended to write a novel set in the time of the New Testament, which would explain that the resurrection wasn't true. That was his goal, to explain that the resurrection wasn't true. But the more he studied the Gospels and the ancient evidence, the more he found that he himself was convinced of the victory of Jesus. This is what Lou Wallace said in his own words. He wrote this long before I was through my book, I became a believer in God and Christ. Amazing. He tried to disprove it and then discovered, actually, this is true. Another man called Albert Ross, this is in the 20th century. Albert Ross, who wrote under the name of Frank Morrison, he famously published a book called, Who Moved the Stone? Albert Ross was an English businessman and he equally set out to disprove Christianity in a time where actually culturally, there was an increasingly, uh, increasing view that Christianity was just a sort of fairy tale. In, um, in England at that time. But a, the same thing happened to Albert Ross. When he looked, he saw, he considered, and then he too believed. In fact, the first chapter of the book entitled, Who Moved the Stone? It, it, the first chapter is, is um, headed, the book that refused to be written. In other words, the book he was trying to write wasn't the book that he wrote in the end. In Albert Ross's own words, he says this, the conviction grew that the drama of those unforgettable weeks of human history was stronger and deeper than it seemed. The irresistible logic of their meaning came into view. To bring things right up to date, I was reading this week about Ian Hislop. Some of you know Ian Hislop, journalist. Someone's a comedian as well. It depends what your humour's like or what you like in your humor. But Ian Hislop, uh, in a recent book uh, uh, compiled by a woman called Caroline Chartres, the book's called Why I Am Still an Anglican. It's got a number of chapters with different Anglicans, different Christian Anglicans, uh, who are talking about their faith and uh, what, they, you know, what they believe in and who they believe in. One of, them, one of the chapters is actually Nikki Gumbel, who, who many of us would know wrote The Alpha Course and heads up uh, all of that work and, and many other things too. But one of the chapters is about Ian Hislop. And uh, in the opening sentence of Ian Hislop's chapter, uh, Hislop says this, I've tried atheism and I can't stick at it, I keep having doubts." Now, I I did say he's a comedian to some, Uh, it made me smile, I must admit, but here we have different people, one from the 19th century, Lou Wallace, Albert Ross from the 20th century, we've got Ian Hislop, 21st century, and each of them find themselves, some of which we're trying to disprove, resurrection each of them find themselves saying actually when they look when they see when they consider they believe they believe in the evidence of the resurrection of jesus christ and of course the story continues it continues through the generations when millions of people discover and have discovered that jesus is risen and is risen indeed i was uh, walking uh near where we live uh in the sort of Putno area and uh, i don't know about you but in this these last few months Donna dawn and i have walked down paths that we didn't know existed in fact it's been good for us to get out and see the countryside and see our neighborhood in a way that maybe we hadn't done before. And we walked up this one day to uh, the area of Reynold, and uh, not far from Ravenson, if you know that area, in the north part of Bedford. And we came across this sign, this memorial, this this um, plaque, which I want to show to you now. It's about a man called Cecil Polehill. Uh, he is, he's what he's become one of my heroes if i'm honest heroes of the faith uh cecil polehill's family actually come from bedford Uh, many of you will be familiar with howbury hall which is in the north part of bedford very close to reynolds and cecil polehill was was one of the um missionaries that went to cambridge so it went from cambridge with others to china and had a real call on his life to go and impact china with the gospel. But this plaque actually is looking at celebrating the work that he did to bring uh, a water supply to the village of Reynold. Remarkable man who blessed his local community, but also blessed the nation of China. A few years ago, a number of us experienced an amazing moment when a group of of, uh, pastors from China came to England and uh, through connection with David Devonish, uh, we took them to Halbury Hall to meet the Polehill family because they wanted to see the ancestors of Cecil Polehill and his brother. And, and to s- express their thanks, really, to the family for how the Polehills with others were witnesses to Jesus, which had tra- in the end had transformed their life. And so these pastors came and it was a remarkably moving moment when, through interpretation, they began to express their thanks to the family. And it came to one moment and the the, the interpreter, who also was one of the leaders, he just couldn't get the words out to thank the Pole Hills. And through tears, he was expressing what all of them were feeling and representing so many millions of people an expression of thanks for how Cecil Polehill had been a witness to the power of God and the grace of God to the people of China. More closer to home, really sadly this week, uh, someone who had a massive impact on my life and many other lives as well, Uh, is a man called uh, Christopher Hall. Uh, At the time of recording this week. Uh, Chris Hall sadly passed away. He'd been battling with cancer for many years, and I heard the news early on in the week that that Chris had had died. Uh, Chris and his wife Christine Hall so uh, were the youth leaders at the church I grew up in. It's uh, now called All Nations in Bedford. It was called Brick Hill Baptist Church then, and. Uh, Uh, Chris and Chris, we used to affectionately know them as, Christine and Christopher Hall, so they were known as Mr and Mrs Chris to us. But Chris was an amazing man, Uh, as uh, Christine, his wife, similarly, were remarkably loving to me, uh, were great youth leaders, uh, gave hours and hours of time talking about Jesus sharing the gospel, being witnesses to the risen Jesus and given a chance for me to ask my questions. I remember the night before I became a Christian, I was sat with Chris and Christine, with Mr and Mrs Chris, pouring my heart out, trying to grapple, trying to perceive. And thankfully, I came to a place of realising that Jesus is the risen Lord Jesus. And I'm indebted to Chris and Chris uh, for all of my life uh, and uh, as many others are too. See, whether it's bringing the gospel to the millions, the billions in China, whether it's speaking to someone like me, uh, or wherever you may find yourself, or wherever God may lead you, we are to be those that yes, see, yes, consider, yes, perceive, yes, believe, but also will be to those to be those that share the good news of Jesus to everyone we come into contact with whether that's by just loving the person in front of you uh, through, through acts of kindness or whether that's by sharing the gospel directly and clearly whatever it may look like the story continues in you and in me as we become those that continue to be the witnesses to the power and the grace and the saving act of Jesus through his death and resurrection that promises that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life with our Father in heaven, which is where Chris is now, and which where Christine, his wife, is. Beautiful. I'm so grateful for the people that have shaped my life. I'm so grateful for the people that have taken the responsibility to be a witness in my life. And I, and I'm sure you too want to be the same wherever we go. There's two places I want to land this. The first is those of you who are maybe thinking, I've never really nailed my colours to the mast. I've never really stood up and been counted and place my trust in Jesus, to believe in him, in his death and resurrection, and to be a dedicated, committed follower of him. Not half-hearted, not wishy-washy, not lukewarm, but yes, it's all about him and following him wholeheartedly. For some, that's what I believe you need to do today. For others, or maybe for all of us, we've got to be those that say, yes, here I am, Lord, send, me send me and empowered by the spirit we can go in confidence that he will give us all that we need for for whatever he asks us to do let's come to god in prayer shall we let's let's come to him the savior of the world let's pray father we thank you so much that you gave your son as a demonstration of your love for us but more than that Jesus we thank you that that you died and you rose again and in that remarkable Easter weekend you defeated our greatest foes sin that separated us from your father in heaven death which was our greatest enemy and Satan and his power over us is defeated because of your death and your resurrection and lord we thank you that as the father sent you you are sending us and so we want to be those lord that respond in faith as a sent people lord i pray for anyone that needs to know their colors for the mass now that needs to say lord forgive me i place my trust in you I want to believe in you and I want to give my life to follow you. Lord, we pray that you would bless all those that are responding and repenting right this very moment. I thank you, God, that you call them by name. Like you said, Mary, Mary, Lord, I thank you that you call us by name. And we're brought into a relationship with a father in heaven who loves us. Lord, we pray from this Easter weekend, we would all be those that live for you, proclaim the life that is found in you and are used at, used for you as a sent people on a mission to see Jesus made famous wherever we go. We ask this in your son's name, the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to share this time with you. God bless you and hope to see you real soon.
0: You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.